Amen. If you love the Lord, can you give him praise today? Thank the Lord. So good to see all of you here this morning. I appreciate you. It's good to see you. I want to, I always like to hear good news and I always like to share good news. So I just, I want to share this with you. So the lady that leads our worship, her name is Kaylee and Kaylee's going to school. She's a full-time mom and a full-time student. And, and so she is, she was asked to do an essay for LNG, which I think is maybe one of the plants in Lake Charles. So she did it for her school and she won first place in the entire region. And then she won second in the nation. So Kaylee, that's exciting. We're excited for her. And uh, we always want to acknowledge your accomplishments and to let you know that we all want to feel valued. We all want to feel like we're contributing. And so we just acknowledge Kaylee and um, God's opening doors for her. And, and we're excited about that. And I'm believing God's opening doors for you. Amen. Again, thank all of you for being here. I want to talk to you from my heart this morning. And if I cry, it's just because I feel this and I've lived this. And I want to, I'm going to talk to you on this subject, the road from bad to better. And I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you get from bad to better, it's bumpy. The road from bad to better. Father, I just thank you for this incredible body of Christ. I absolutely feel so privileged to be able to stand here, Lord, before such incredible people and to be able to share with them the word of the Lord. Now, God, for the next, Lord, few minutes, help me to express it the way that I feel it. And may we receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. amen. So you can be seated. If you want to follow along with me in Scripture, I'm going to be talking from Romans chapter 7. So you may not know this, you may know this, but there are 2,000 brand new self-help books that are produced every single year. And you say, why, why is that, Pastor? Here's why I think it is. is because so many people really feel that their life is out of control. And they're looking for a book. They're looking for a word. They're looking for something to help them in this area that they feel their life is just out of control. So many people among us, even Christians, even I, have asked the question, why do I do what I don't want to do? Okay, so I just need a few honest folk because I'm going to tell you right now, I have never claimed to be the perfect pastor. I still struggle with my flesh. And I just want to know, am I preaching to honest folk here this morning? Have any of you ever asked the question, why do I still do 
what I don't want to do. Well, the Bible says it's real simple. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a sin nature. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means that we have a disposition to do what is wrong. Here's what Romans 7 and 15. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. Again, you don't have to agree with anything that I say today. Okay? All I'm asking is that you hear and then you can decide for yourself. I feel that the Apostle Paul is probably one of the greatest Christians who ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. That's just my personal opinion. He wrote the book of Romans, and this is what he said in Romans 7 and 15. And I am reading it in a different translation just because I want you to hear a different language. Here's what Paul says. I don't understand myself. Anybody relate to that? I don't understand myself. For I really, really in my spirit, I want to do what's right. But there are a number of times I don't do it. I've even told the Lord, Lord, I am so sorry that I live in flesh. Because I have let you down so many times. And God, you know in my heart, that's not what I want to do. I think that most of us, if we get honest this morning, can relate to this verse. I just at times, even being a pastor, I just at times don't understand myself. And even today, there are times I still feel like there is a war going on inside of me. And really, in fact, there is a war going on inside of me. That's why I have to go to the cross every day and kill the flesh. And I'm not talking for you new believers. I'm not talking about I literally go to the cross and hurt myself or crucify myself. What that means is when I say the flesh, I'm talking about my will. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And this is why we don't have, you know... Uh, uh, sometimes an ear to hear preaching because we're like, who is that preacher to tell me what to do? I can do what I want. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm nobody to tell you what to do. I'm not here to make you do anything. I'm just here to try to help all of us along on this road to go from bad to better. To get to where we want to be and know that we can be, but we can't do it without God. Can I get a witness? So when I talk about the flesh, I'm talking about my will. When I talk about the spirit, I'm talking about God's will. And in fact, Jesus says this, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. How many know that's true? You know, you know, you need to say no to that piece of chocolate cake at nine o'clock, but you just can't. You say tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. All right. And we say things like, man, it's just so stinking hard to change. And here's what I've learned. Okay, just this is what 30 years is teaching me. It takes more than just a desire to change. It takes more than just willpower. For example, I'm going to try to give you as many examples as I can. I've done this myself. I've lost my temper. 
I didn't cuss, but I've lost my temper and I got mad. And then after it was all said and done, I chilled out, I calmed down and I said to myself, Wayne, that was foolish. That was childish. Never do that again. And then let's just let's just talk about this. Some of us have said, you know what? I'm never going to look at that again. My God, I can't believe I'm never going to look at that. I'm, I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to get angry like that. I'm done. I'm never going to drink this again, snort that again, shoot that again, smoke that again. Dear God, that's so stupid. I'm never going to do it again. And guess what? You get mad again. You lose your temper again. Oh, I need some real folk up in here now. And you go, my God, how long does it take for me to get this? And I'm sorry to use such strong language, but here's the language that the scripture talks about. It's like a dog returning to its. And we keep going back and we don't even understand why we do it. Look, look at Paul, one of the greatest Christians who ever lived. Look, look at Paul. Here's what he said in Romans 7 and 17. He said, I flat out don't understand my stinking self. I don't. I don't get it. I'm going to just ask you the question. Have you just ever got to the point where I just don't know why I keep making the same mistake over and over and over again? Well, I want to tell you something that's going to make you feel better about yourself. I did a little bit of research on Paul, and I found out that Paul lived probably about 60 to 61 years of age was when he was martyred. And so doing some research, I found out that he wrote the book of Romans around the age of anywhere from 55 to 57. So here's the good news. The greatest Christian that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ is still struggling with his stinking flesh I'm going to tell you, that made me feel better about myself. I'm like, if the greatest Christian can ever live is 57 years of age and he's still saying, I don't understand myself. Well, then, Lord, maybe there's hope for me. Is that right? So he's he's acknowledging. I want you to get this. The Apostle Paul right now is acknowledging the confusion in his life. He's saying, I don't understand myself. And this is, ugh. here's the next thing that he's saying. Look at Romans 7 and 17. He says this, I have the desire to do good, but not the power. Now, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because Paul tells us that he was. So he can't be talking about God's power. He's got to be talking about willpower. In other words, Paul is saying, you know what? I want to do good, but I understand that willpower is not enough. How many times I I just I want to preach to honest people this morning. How many times have you started out on a Monday morning with good intentions? I'm going to do better this week. I'm going to have a great week. And by the evening. How many of you, I just want to, be, I just want to, let's, we're just, we're just being honest. Okay. How many of you have started and said, you know what? I feel good about this. I've made my plan. I've put out all of my meals and I'm going to start dieting on Monday. You feel good about it. I'm talking about the end of the first day. You got two Big Macs and a super large Coke in both hands. And you're like, oh my God. 
I don't think I'll ever be able to do this. You know why? Here's what Paul is saying in this verse. Not only is life confusing, it is frustrating. When I want to do good and I know I need to go on this, I know I need to abstain from this, I know I need to get control over my anger and my temper, but it seems like the littlest thing can tick me off. Now I want you to hear some discouragement in Paul's voice. I want you to look at Romans 7 and 24. Here's the discouragement in his voice. He says, I tried everything and nothing helps. I'm literally at the end of my rope. Okay? Now, here's the good news. I've talked about the cause for just a minute. I'm going to try to start maybe giving you some cures. Here's the good news. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a way out. Hmm. And we're going to look at it today. I want you to look at John 8 and 24 or 32. Here's what Jesus says. And you shall know the truth. And the truth can make you free. Now, in some versions it says set, but you could have a group of buddies bust you out of prison. You've been set free, but you had not been made free. There's the difference. That's why I don't like the word set. Because some they can, they can bust you out of prison and you're set free, but guess what? You're still looking over your shoulder because you know the law is going to be looking for you. But when you've been made free, He that the Son has set free, you're now free indeed. That is behind you. You are a new creature in Christ. Yes, I did that. Yes, I acknowledge that. But that's not who I am anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. When you know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. So here it is, brothers and sisters. Here it is. The good news to personal change is not willpower. It's not appeal and it's not even a vow that you make. I vow to myself, I'll never do it again. No, it's not. It is how you think. Now, what I'm going to share with you is easy for me to, you know, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Okay, I'm going to say that again. What I'm fixing to share with you is simple. It's just not easy because on the road from bad to better, it's bumpy because it requires for you to change the way you think. Are you with me? I've shared this many times. I want it to come up on the screen. Many times I've shared this. But when you change the way you think, it changes the way you feel. And when you change the way you feel, you change the way you act. And this is easy to say. It's extremely hard to do. And this is why you need to really get off of Facebook and get in the book. Because this is the only book that can begin to help you change the way you and I think. So, Pastor, why is the road from bad to better? Why is it bumpy? I'll tell you why. Because we have to change the way we think. Okay, I'm about to say one of the most important things I'm going to say in this whole message. Are you ready? I want you to see this up on the screen. Behind every self-defeating act is a lie I am telling myself. I'm begging you to get this in your spirit. 
I am pleading with you to get this in your spirit. Behind every self-defeating act is a lie I am believing. It may be a lie about yourself. It may be a lie about God. It may be a lie about your past. It may be a lie that you have been telling yourself for a very long time. But trust me, ladies and gentlemen, behind every self-defeating act is a lie I am believing. And some of you picked up those lies on the playground. Some of you picked up those lies from parents and very dysfunctional families. Some of you picked up those lies from television that says you got to have this, look like this, and be like this to be valuable. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie and it will defeat you. Can I keep preaching? We tell ourselves lies like we've got to have this one's approval to be happy. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have people's approval to be happy. You don't. Like it, yes. Want it, yes. But you don't have to have it to be happy. Or if I could just make more money, I'd be happy. Or if I could just win salesman of the year, then I would be valuable. Behind every self-defeating act is a lie I am believing. If you want to change the way you live, you have to start in your mind. Jesus said it like this, when you speak the truth, no. He says, when you know the truth, when you know the truth, change always starts in your mind. It doesn't start in your will. It doesn't even start in your heart. It starts in your mind. How do I do that? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to come alongside you this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Carlton to come and help me if he will. I've used this many times in, uh, in my office. I think I may have showed you once, but I'm going to show you again if I did. Okay? Brother Carlton, just hang in there. Just stay right there. Okay? I'm going to try to show you this so maybe it will help you. I know it's helped me. This right here, let's say this right here is your spirit. This is your spirit. Okay? And God wants your spirit to be like this. He wants your spirit to be free, right? John 10 and 10. He wants you to have the abundant life. What does that mean? I've got love. I know God loves me, right? It means I've got joy. It means I got peace that no matter what happens, I know God's got me. I know my past is forgiven. I have a home in heaven. I have a purpose for living. I can come to church and I can raise my hands because I'm not downloaded with guilt and shame and condemnation. Make sense? Everybody got it? This is like your spirit. God wants your spirit to be free. Okay? This is your spirit. Open up your hand. Hold your hand out. Okay? Hold it out. Thank you. This right here is a lie. Hold your hand out. I've got to have their approval to be happy. It's a lie. I've got to be beautiful to be valuable. It's a lie. Are you with me? Here's a lot what we say. Well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. 
Why are you shaking? (laughs) Here's another lie. Man, if I could just play an instrument and if I could just sing, people would just love me. Here's another one. Man, if I could just move there. If I could just have him. If I could just have her. If I could just, if I could just go there. If I could just have that. Now where's your spirit? His hand's going to start shaking in just a minute. It's already shaking. Why? Because guess what? That's weight. You're no longer living like God wants you to live. I'm free. I'm not under condemnation. I know I did bad yesterday, but guess what? I'm still his son. He still loves me. Nothing I can do will ever change God's mind. Does that make sense? Okay, can you stay there just a second? Okay. So now, Pastor, how do I go from bad to better? How do I get that? First of all, you have to acknowledge the root of your problem is sin. Letter A, you have to acknowledge the root of your problem is sin. What? Adam and Eve out of a place of perfection and paradise. It was one thing. It's called a lie. It's been working 6,000 years and it's worked so well, it's still working today. And every self-defeating thing is a lie that you are believing. So what do you have to do? You have to start knowing the truth. Yes, I may have sinned, but I'm still a son. And I'm not living under condemnation. I may not be the most handsome thing in the world, but God loves me the way I am, just as I am. I may not be able to sing like Sister Kaylee, but my God, I'm going to make a joyful noise anyway. I may not be a millionaire, but my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I would love for them to like me, but you know what? I know God approves of me, so it's your problem, baby. It ain't mine. God loves me. I'm just not enough, and I'll never be enough. God says, I didn't make you junk. I don't make junk. And I am the God of not a little bit or just enough. I am the God of more than enough. So guess what? You have got to replace every lie with the truth. Every lie, you got to replace it with the truth. And guess what? This is not a one-time event. See, it's unfortunate that we have taught you sweet people, come to the altar, leave your cares, leave them at the cross, and leave, you know, perfect. I'm just telling you, that's not the truth. I keep going back to the altar every day and say this stinking flesh is trying to make me believe a lie. No, I may not have done it right, but I'm still a son. No, I may not have just said it just right, but I'm still a son. He loves me. He's crazy about me. See, you got to stop listening to your heart and you got to start talking to your heart. But you can't speak what you don't know. This is why you got to hide the word of God in your heart that you might not believe a lie. 
Can I keep preaching? Here, here, here's how you get from bad to better. Letter A, acknowledge the root of the problem. We don't talk about this in Christendom much anymore. We don't say this word much anymore. It's not popular. It's not hip. It's called sin. And a lot of preaching is I'm okay and you're okay and we're all fooling ourselves. Trying to have cute church. It's called sin, ladies and gentlemen. And it's the root of not just your problem. It's the root of everybody's problem. Sin, ladies and gentlemen. you got to get this. Sin, ladies and gentlemen, is not a behavior. Sin is playing God. you got to get this. Sin is playing God. What do you mean? Adam and Eve thought they knew better than God. God just told them, you can eat everything you want to eat. Just don't eat this. It's playing God. It's you saying, I know what's going to make me more happy than what you know. Now, you made me. You created me. You wrote my manual, but I still know better. It's called your will. Your stinking flesh that wants to play God that says, I know better than what God knows is what's going to make me happy. Okay. Now, when you spell the word sin, what's in the right in the middle of it? What letter? I I know many think my wife's the problem, my husband's the problem, my kid's the problem, my stupid boss's the problem, my teacher's the problem. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. <laughs> Put up a mirror right now and look right in it. That's the problem. I, Wayne, is the problem. I am the problem. Oh, no, I'm not. You're deceiving yourself. You're telling yourself a lie. Oh, if you live with that woman I live with, you'd know better. No. I'm here to tell you that sin always involves self-deception. Sin always involves self-deception. Can I keep preaching? Here's a fact of life. Here's the second most important thing I'm going to tell you. You ready? To stop defeating myself, stop deceiving myself. To stop defeating myself, stop. Denying and lying to myself. Some of you are saying, well, you know, my marriage is okay. No, it's not. You're, you're denying and you're deceiving yourself. You know why? Because you don't want to do the hard work. I'm not after anybody. I'm just here to tell you that you can keep going around the same mountain for 40 years and it's not that God don't love you, but you're not going to live the abundant life because you're deceiving yourself. Some of you are saying, well, I know I got this habit, but I can stop anytime I want to. <laughs> you're never going to get well until you stop deceiving yourself. I'm going to give you an example. There's some people that they've been in debt 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they keep spending. Why? Why? Because it's never a money management issue, ladies and gentlemen. Never. This is the third most important thing I'm going to tell you. The issue is they're trying to satisfy their pain with a substitute. Keep saying it. They try to satisfy their pain with a substitute. And it is no coincidence that God calls himself the comforter. 
Because we try to comfort ourselves with food. We try to comfort it with a pill, with a drink, with sex, with all kinds of things. We try to comfort ourselves. And what we do as human beings, we run from pain and we run to pleasure because we don't think that God is enough because we believe a lie. And we deceive ourselves and we keep going back to it like a dog does to its. So brothers and sisters, it really doesn't matter if you're shooting heroin. It doesn't matter if you're running up your visa card or reading trashy novels. People try to escape pain and not face their sin. And I'm just coming alongside you with all the love in my heart. I'm not trying to be tough on you this morning, but here's what I noticed. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. What do you mean by that? Well, when I plug up my iron, a little light comes on, but clothes ain't scared of the light. And the wrinkles don't get out. Oh, I saw the light of the iron. And all of a sudden, all the wrinkles go out. No, you know what I got to do? I got to crank that bad boy up to where it says wool and cotton. And that sucker's hot. And I put it down on those clothes. And I start doing this. And it's a magical thing. The wrinkles start coming out. See, you, you don't change when you see the light. You only change when you feel the heat. That's why that prodigal son, he didn't change when he was in his father's house. He had to go and learn some hard lessons. So you either learn from mentors or mistakes. And most people can't learn from mentors. They think, oh, well, they don't know because that's not me. And by the way, all these people that do all this stupid stuff with money, they're not me. Because if I got money, I wouldn't do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing that 10,000 people before you did stupid stuff, but you're the exception. You're lying to yourself. You are deceiving yourself. And that's why you stay in defeat. Just helping anybody? Okay. Now, you don't have to. You don't have to go to the bottom because there's warning signs. You're spending too much. People are telling you you're spending too much. You got relational issues. You got spending issues. You got emotional issues. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, I can break that anytime. Oh, I don't. That that don't bother me. And most people wait till it's too late. And they have to go through the pain and it's all unnecessary. Why? Because people live in denial. Let me show you a scripture. Jesus said this in the book of John chapter 8 and verse 34. I will tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. This is the fourth most important thing I'm going to tell you. You ready? Sin means we are exchanging short-term pleasure for long-term loss. Just, I, I'm not going to get into this. Just think adultery. Short-term pleasure for long-term loss. It devastates families. It devastates churches. It devastates ministry for short-term pleasure. Not going to get into it, but there's a prime example. So how do I get, Pastor, how do I walk this road from bad to better? Well, it's bumpy, but the first thing you got to do is you got to acknowledge the sin problem. Here's letter B. You got to believe that only Christ can change you. Look at Romans 7 and 24. Here's, here's Paul. He says this, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? And the answer is not a self-help book, 
But Jesus Christ is the only one that has the spirit enough and the power enough to break your human spirit, your human will, so that you can come under the spirit of Christ and live a life of freedom. I'm going to share something with you that I read. I thought it was really important. I wanted to put it up on the screen because it's quite lengthy, but I think you'll get some value out of this. A Chinese man became a Christian. He was converted to Christianity, and he wrote this. I'm going to share it with you. Here's what he said. He said, I walked through the road of life, and I had fallen into a great ditch. He said, the ditch was filled with depression and discouragement and sin. He says, I lay in the ditch. Muhammad came by and said, it's your fault that you're in the ditch. You've offended Allah. And this is your punishment. Then Marx came by and he says, oh, you're in the ditch because of class warfare. You just need to revolt. But after the government changed, he said, I was still in the ditch. Then Buddha came along and said, you're not really in the ditch. You just think you're in the ditch. It's all an illusion. Be at peace and learn to live in your ditch. Then Confucius came by and he says, here are the 10 steps to self-enlightenment by which you can get out of your ditch. You will climb and struggle, but you can climb out of your ditch. But as much, he said, as I struggled and climbed, he said, I just couldn't get out of the ditch because it was too deep. Then one day, Jesus Christ came by and saw me in the ditch. And without a word, he took off his robe and he got down in the muddy ditch with me. And he lifted me up with his strong arms out of the ditch. Thank God that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. I've got a couple more points and then I'll let you go. I want you to look now at Romans 8 and 2. It says, for the new spiritual principles of life in Christ Jesus lifts me out of the old vicious cycles of sin. Willpower is not enough to get you out of the old vicious cycles of sin. Only the power and the presence of God can get you from bad to better. Hey, now, I'm, I'm, here's the fifth most important thing I'm going to say. First of all, acknowledge the sin issue. Second, believe that God can change us. Third, now this is where most of us are going to have a problem. If you want to get from bad to better, you've got to confess your fault to somebody. Because see, we live in so much self-righteousness, we don't want to get honest. What, what, what's the problem? It's called pride. I don't want nobody to know I got a problem. It's called ego. I don't want anybody to know I got a problem. James, I believe it is four, says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. See, you're only, listen please, you're only as sick as your secrets. Why? Because the devil can keep beating you up because you don't bring it into the light. This is why step studies are amazing because it gives you some accountability and you're, you're in there with confident people that are not supposed to violate your trust and you better not if you're in a step study, you better learn to keep your mouth shut because confidentiality is very important because while we do need to confess it, we don't need to blab it. We don't need to gossip about it. We need to help our brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. I want all of this church. I want this to be in our DNA. This church, we are not a country club for the cute boys. We are not a country club for the cuties. We're not a hotel for perfect saints. We are a hospital for the 4-H club. 
What is the 4-H club? The humble, the hurting, the honest, and the hungry. This is a hospital for the hurting, the hungry, the honest, and the humble. This is why we need to leave all judgmentalism at the door. This is a no judgment zone. It doesn't mean that we don't have values and convictions. It just means that we all come in here at a different age and a different stage. And God loves us where we are. And guess what? He looked at Matthew and Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated by the Jews, hated by the Romans. But yet Jesus looked at him and said, come follow me and we're going to get this figured out. And Pentecostals want to put a box over people and a bunch of rules and demand that they become like them overnight. And ladies and gentlemen, if you get honest, you still have an area you struggle and you still feel like Paul at times that says, I don't even understand myself. It's just so amazing to me that we want everybody to give us a break on our little sin, but we just don't want to give anybody else a break on theirs. Are y'all okay? So, so I'm, I'm going to go back. To, this is James 5 and 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that God can heal you. You know what you're doing? We can say all we want to about the priest and their confession, but I'm going to tell you something. There's Bible for that. When you start confessing, guess what you start doing? You start lightening your load. Are you with me? Okay. All right. How do I go from bad to better? And I'm wrapping this up. How do I go? Here's the letter D. Dedicate your life completely to God. Dedicate your life completely to God. A, acknowledge that sin is the root of your problem. B, believe that only Jesus Christ can help you out of it. C, get somebody that you have confidence in that you can talk to. And I told y'all the other night, I've done this. I brought a pastor. I met one pastor in Lake Charles and for two hours, I just, I just talked to him. Another pastor friend of mine from Manny came to my house and we sit there most of the day. Because I don't want to just come up here and tell you stuff. I want to live it. I want to practice it. Because I'm not perfect and neither are you. But we live in this world. We think we got to be something we're not. It's not that we air out all of our stuff. Oh, I'm just keeping it real. I ain't talking about that. It's a place. But you need someone in your life. In fact, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say something very strong. If you don't get somebody in your life that you can trust and tell some things to, good luck. Because I doubt very seriously that you're ever going to find freedom. That's how, that's, how, that's how strong I feel about that. You know why? Because God created a church. We are supposed to be the body. And the body is supposed to minister to itself. The hand scratches my ankle. The eye don't do it. But the eye sees so my ankle can walk. We all have a part And we are supposed to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to pray for one another. We're supposed to help heal one another. But when we live in this self-righteous mentality, then we all stay locked up and we're hurting and we know we got issues, but we can't get honest because we're afraid somebody's going to judge us. I'm going to just tell this sweet church, we can be better than that. 
This can be a hospital where literally people from 30 miles around will drive to this church because they feel the love of God. They feel the mercy and the compassion of God. They feel like they can get their lives straight. Would you stand with me, please? Yo, I did not turn my phone on to let me know how long I preached until the middle of the message. So I'm only preaching 21 minutes right now. So you're getting out early. In fact, you lost an hour, so I'm going to take it. <laughs> okay, if you have to go, I understand. But if you don't have to go, I want to say something real important to you. Here's the fifth thing I want to share with you that's very important. I want you to get this. You're going to be controlled by something. Every day. You're going to either be controlled by guilt, by lust... You're going to be controlled by greed. You're going to be controlled by pride, ego. You are literally going to be controlled every day of your life by something. You have to decide what is it going to be. Am I going to be controlled by my guilt? Am I going to be controlled by my past? Am I going to be controlled by a lie? Or am I going to live in frustration? Am I going to be controlled by fear? You're going to be controlled by something literally every day of your life. You have to decide, is my flesh going to control me or am I going to submit myself to God so that I can live in freedom? Not frustration, but freedom. And freedom only comes, brothers and sisters, when you acknowledge you can't do this by yourself and you can't be God. You can play God, but you can't be God. Yes, you're a little G, right? But you can't be big G. Because he's going to be Lord of all. Or he won't be Lord at all. Are you with me? Okay. I don't know if they put this prayer. This is probably one of the first times I've done this. But I put a prayer up on the screen. Because I know we have some new people and new... You know, we, I grew up in church, so I, I learned how to pray from my daddy. But we've got new people, and they, they just, they don't know. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. I just don't believe I have to shake you. I don't believe i got to scream in your ear. I don't believe i got to pour dust on you. I believe in the power of God to change you when you have an honest heart. I know we come up to the front and we'll do that a lot. We're going to continue to do that. But the power of God fell on them where they were sitting. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room right now. I'm not here to make you. I can't. I'm just here to do my best to lead you to a place of freedom. So that you're not living in confusion and frustration and discouragement. And like, oh my God, I can't do this. You're right, you can't. So why don't you just start praying this prayer right now? Why don't you just start praying this prayer right now? Say, Father, this is how you do it. I'm powerless to change my life. I need your power. And I need your presence to change. Somebody in here, you want a fresh start. Tell the Lord right now, God, I want to make a fresh start. Not based on trying. I'm going to just keep trying. Well, that's okay. But why don't you get in from trying to trusting? 
so today I ask that, Lord, you forgive me of my sin. Because the root of all of our problem is sin. We want to play God. I cannot live my life without you. Fill me with your spirit. See, here's the reason why I want you to have the baptism of the spirit. Because I believe it's only God's spirit working in your life. Is stronger than your will and your flesh. And you can't do this. The standard's too high. You can't live this on willpower. Help me, Lord. Put the right person in my path to be an accountability partner to me so that, God, I can confess my sin, my flaws, and my thoughts. So that I can begin to get from bad to better. Are you with me? And Lord, help me to dedicate myself to you. Sister Kaylee, would you come? to sing that old chorus I need you Lord I need you some of you younger ones may not know this but this is an old chorus we used to sing I need it's real simple I love you so much that I want to see you walk in freedom and not frustration. I'm going to ask our prayer elders to come and I'm going to ask you to come. But here's why I just said that. Because many of you won't step out because of an ego or a pride issue. What are people going to think about me? Brothers and sisters, we really need to get beyond that. We need to get honest. It doesn't mean that you're a sinner today. It just means like Paul You acknowledge that you need more than yourself. I want somebody to get honest. I want you to come out of that pew and just let these elders pray for you. Whatever you have need of. If you've got to go, I understand. But if you don't, step out. Let these elders just agree with you right now. He wants 
Yes. Mm-hmm. 